Too often, entrepreneurs attribute success purely to getting a lucky break or taking huge risks. The fact is, not all success requires significant risk. All it takes is to look past the most successful companies and individuals. There's a far larger group that may not be as incredibly rich, but they have achieved successes, albeit at slightly more modest levels. The key is sustaining long-term growth year after year. How do they grow without relying on high levels of risk? It largely boils down to cutting back on overhead, maximizing the potential of your time, and making every dollar count. This week's title sums it up well: Never bet the farm. Welcome back. You're listening to Motivation Minute. Here on this show, we take that stack of books on your desk and we read those books for you so that you don't have to and find the actionable strategies you can start implementing in your on-the-go lifestyle starting today. This week's book is Never Bet the Farm, all about what it means to take risk. Yeah. Never Bet the Farm is, is one of the many principles in the book. Um, so I guess we'll just start off with that with that principle. Basically, the idea is that you should never take or risk everything, um, or go you know right. into incredible amounts of debt, or um, spend your last penny on you know on, on something. Basically, taking huge risks like you shouldn't bet your whole like you know people who will will take out a personal loan or like for their business or bet their their house or their mortgage whatever. I've heard that's not a good idea because it's like betting everything you have. Yeah. The part of it comes down to a definition the book put out, which was, you know, there's risk takers, but then there's risk managers. Mm-hmm. And the book says, as an entrepreneur, you're not supposed to be a huge risk taker. You should be a risk manager. And yes. the benefit of this is the challenge where luck comes into the picture. So we often think that when we've had bad luck, that it's the result of poor decisions. But bad luck can happen even when you're doing the quote, right thing. Hmm. So even if you make a good risk, but it's too big, you know, you could potentially lose it. Something bad might happen. Yeah. Um, it also says, it said plain and simple ideas involve less risk than novel concepts. And I've seen this in my, myself. Sometimes I'll get a cool idea. It's like a novel idea, but it but it's like a big opportunity, like a this thing I'm like hoping will happen, and it, but it, but in order to do it, it requires a lot of risk. You know, I'll just, ho- you know, I'm hoping it will work out when it almost never works out. Just when it's a simple, practical step, it's probably not going to involve as much risk. Right, and the the funny thing is, one of the points the book had was you don't want to always try to be first because that's more risky, and it's kind of a weird thing to say because. We usually argue, hey, you want to be the first to the market so that you beat all the competition there and you just out-innovate them ahead of them. But yeah, there was this example about toilet paper. It was invented well before its time. And at that point, newspaper was the norm. And nobody saw the need for toilet paper yet. And <laughs> wow. you know, it was just not in the right time. So sometimes be, having the right idea means assessing the market really well to make sure that that idea is acceptable now. Because that guy never got the payoff at that point for inventing it. You know, yeah, it might be a great idea, but if it involves a, t- a tremendous amount of risk, it's it's like um it's like a romantic idea, like a novel concept. Right. Like I just it was so good. It's it's too good to be true. Honestly, most ideas, if they involve such a huge risk, 
And it's kind of, um, it's almost like hoping you'll just get lucky kind of. Um, I remember when I first started my business, I, I found this really amazing software that I was going to use. Um, and I got this amazing deal on it, on the software, but it was still very expensive. So it was this expensive software. Um, I, you know, I risked a lot. I spent a lot of money on the software before I even knew exactly what I was going to do with it, but it just seemed so cool. And, you know, it was way too risky and I ended up spending tons of money on it. It was like a, you know, a yearly expense, but, but like a couple thousand dollars, it was, but I never ended up using it. But it was because I was betting too much on this one cool software that I never ended up really using. But I just bet all this, you know, too much spent too much money on it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the interesting thing because it's tricky because we want to go for the big thing that makes our business more efficient. But sometimes we have to, as the book put it, master minimalism. It's like you use the minimum tool to get the job done well. And sometimes yeah. that's using a tool that's not the best. Yep. And it's generally, you know, smaller risks over a long period of time. Um, just, it's just day-to-day stuff. Um, so you have to make little risks, but, you know, you don't want to bet everything on one, on one thing, basically. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like you want to go for the office with less space or like you were saying about software, go for not the latest and greatest hardware or software. And then... When you're going to events, fly coach, get budget hotels, buy compact rental cars. It's like, it's some common sense stuff. But when you're thinking about being a business person, you're thinking, well, I've gotten to this stage where I should have this level of, you know, perks. But really, taking the small trade off now is really useful. Exactly. Yeah. It talked, it said that you should convince yourself that you can do more with less. And, purposely you know it said never reach for a gallon when you only need a quart um yeah you know it's like when you're buying a product or a piece of equipment it's like you could have the best the newest model but honestly you could probably do it with a far less expensive piece of equipment that would just do the job it wouldn't have all the bells and whistles but it would get the job done and so you have to learn to just to not go big i guess in a sense you know most of the time you go small you you spend as as little money as possible take as little risk as possible. And that's, it sounds a little bit counterintuitive to what we normally hear about business. Yeah. And I'm thinking back to, you know, my first, you know, like skateboard like tool was a ripstick and it was my first major purchase. It was like 75 bucks at the time. It's not that much in perspective, but when, uh, when I was younger, that was a lot. And yeah, you know, I got way more than $75 worth of fun out of that tool, more than stuff I've paid hundred plus dollars for. I'm thinking like with your business, do you have any tools that you've used over and over and you're like, I have way exceeded what I paid for this thing and what I've gotten out of it? Yeah. Well, I have, I have a camera that I bought that Oh, true. Uh, that was kind of expensive, but um, I've had it for a few years now and it's worked perfectly. It's, you know, it's, it's a really, really good investment. And, you know, a few newer models have come out since then that I kind of wanted to buy, but I was like, you know, I don't need the newer model. This thing is working fine. Right. You've got hundreds of hours or thousands of hours of footage and it works extremely well. There's no reason to upgrade. Yeah. Then I bought other stuff like a new computer that was very expensive. And that thing has been, you know, it does, it didn't pay off like I thought it would. I was trying to get the most out of my money that I possibly could. And so I bought this really um, advanced, upgraded, fast computer for, you know, not 
too much um, in perspective of what it should have cost. So I was getting this great deal on eBay, but it ended up kind of being a little bit of a rip or a scam kind of. And I, but get- I, I still think like you were following the principle of this book, which is take your scarce resources you have as a business owner and, and apply them to the most important area of your company, which is editing video. If you were not editing video, you would not be around. I mean, that is the bottleneck of every single thing going through you with, as a company. Yeah, but the thing is, I, I could have I could edit videos on my other computers that are not quite as fast and as big and fancy, and it might take a little bit longer. So honestly, it was more just of a nice thing to have. Sure, it might save some time, but it wasn't necessary. And I, but I went and I betted to hold. You know, I spent a lot of money on it, even though it wasn't a necessity. Yeah, it's a bummer how things can turn south like that all of a sudden. And it's one of those where I think that's the case where, I mean, that was a good decision with a lot of bad luck with it. So you may have been right, but it just didn't go the right direction. So maybe like the more you could invest at one point, the more potential it had to grow the business. So it's like, hey, I'll throw everything in. But I guess the point this book has is that even if it is a really good idea, slowing down a little bit isn't the worst thing that can happen. Exactly. Yeah. Basically, I think what I got is just taking smaller risks. Um, you know, when, when you, even if you really want something, you have to ask yourself, do I want this? Because it seems cool. And, um, you know, it's like, a, it's a, makes you feel good. Like emotionally, you, you want this new product, but that's not why you should, you know, that's a bad reason to buy it. But for, I think the third principle in the book was forget secret formulas, which is kind of ties into that. But, you know, there's no magic uh, traits or, you know, formulas really, it's basically not being afraid of failure, sticking with it in the long run, just simple things that make someone successful, not some big new risk that you take. Yeah, I love how the book said, there's no perfect entrepreneur. You're just like all the others. Like, yeah. the, it, you are the entrepreneur. And we like to think, hey, I want to learn from other entrepreneurs. No, we're going through the same challenges others are going through in a different yeah, way. Exactly. And it said that entrepreneurs are just plain folks. So they're just they're not some special human being. They're just normal people that basically developed good character strengths and you know, that worked a little bit harder maybe, but they're just normal people. And that, you know, it's not some uh there, there's not some trait or right. some personality that that'll make all the difference. It might have some effects, but yeah. Another cool point was that good ideas come in disguise. And it's kind of like how usually the good ideas are a little bit less risky than the really novel ones where they use less technology. And it's all about how do you execute the idea than the idea itself. Like Mm -hmm. if you found that there's a really simple idea that you're like, how has nobody else thought of this? That's like just not a big deal. It doesn't take much investment on your part, but really gives you an upper hand. Hmm. Interesting. So simple, simple ideas are better. And generally that's what it said is simple ideas take normally take less risk, which is what you want. Novel ideas generally take more risk and they're not practical nor generally. So another cool point this book made was about money and how when you're in a partnership with someone, it's actually a wise idea because you can spread out the risk. Because you got two people, you can invest a little bit less each, and then it's less of a hit to you both if there's a failure in the business. And yeah, usually I don't think 
positively 100% of partnerships because you have to find someone that you really want to work with like on a business level and it can kind of personal level as well sometimes yeah personally too so what's your feeling on a partnership at this point in your business do you have anyone that you're like hey i'd really like to partner with them or uh well i have better to be one person i definitely think partnerships is the way to go um maybe not for everybody but i think actually if you want to scale eventually i think you have to be in a partnership in some way or at least have somebody that feels like they're a part of your business. And I mean, really the only way to really do that is to actually, you know, give them ownership and be a partner in your business. And you're right. It, it um, spreads out the risk and there's the synergy effect. So if you come up with four or eight times as many ideas as just one person, so it's not just double, right? It's just like quadruple or whatever, you know, two heads working together is it compounds or, uh, so I definitely think that partnerships are a way to reduce your risk. And I think it gives you like that teamwork feel versus being all on your own because uh, when when you can spread out the not just the I mean you spread out the profits but then you're also spreading out the effort so that it's a little bit more distributed versus it all being on your shoulders and that that's a big help. Yep. Recently, I actually made somebody a partner in my business. Um, oh, cool. Owns a small percentage, but it's been the best thing I've done so far um, because it gave that person ownership in my business and said everything's it's going really good so that's cool and so you have yet to see like over time uh how that impacts the business but even in the short term you're already noticing really cool results oh yeah definitely absolutely yeah it um it, it's good when you have somebody to work with when you have somebody that that wants to make the business successful who who takes ownership and responsibility for things i mean yeah i guess you could say it it just helps in every way. You, it's it's right. amazing. And the ownership piece is huge because they're putting their own personal investment in. Mm-hmm. So I think my number one takeaway from this whole book is it's not a bad idea to slow down a little bit because we tend to be, you know, staying way up in the front seat, trying to even be beyond the front seat, trying to stay ahead of the business, growing super fast, taking big risks. But you don't have to take huge risks risks to be successful. You just have to take the right risks. And it's uh, finding which ones you're going to strategically take to get you to the next level. Because risk is part of growing, but it's the right risk that really counts. So we hope you enjoyed this episode on Never Bet the Farm. And we have an episode like this that comes out every week on a business or leadership or personal growth book. Just tap that subscribe button and you'll get it delivered to your podcast app. You can also check out our survey on our website where you can give us ideas for books. So if you have a book that you want us to read, go to motivationminute.com slash survey and uh, we'll probably feature it on the podcast. Yeah. And keep the reviews coming. We're really encouraged to hear your feedback and uh, the episodes you've liked. So thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you again next week. All right. Bye.